WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. And good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on this uh, bitterly cold Sunday morning. Uh, it's... It's even cold where I am right now. So, uh, yeah, you know, and this is the time of year where you really need to worry. If you have uh, have uh, worries about frozen pipes and things, it's when they thaw out where the real problems are. So keep the heat on, keep the faucets dripping, all that sort of stuff to prevent any problems on these uh, cold, cold days. Hey, with us, uh, joining us again is John Vincent. He's the senior editor and correspondent for vehicle testing on the auto teams at U.S. News and World Report. Uh, John's been around for a while, uh, more than 25 years covering the auto industry. John, welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Hello, how are you today? Good, on this bitterly cold day. I hope it's not as bitterly cold where you are. Well, Portland is um, slowly melting from a cold snap. So we're uh, the ice is going away, but it's taking days and days to do so. Yeah. Um, Your publication is known for putting lists together, and you did it again this year, the 2024 Best Cars for the Money. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So the Best Cars for the Money Awards um, are designed to recognize those cars that have a great blend of quality and reliability um, and look to have years and years of trouble-free, low-cost service on the road. And um, people who have known me said I'm inherently cheap. How does cheapness blend into that? So these might not be the cheapest cars in their segments to buy, but our numbers show that they're the cheapest to own um, and the highest quality to own over their lifetimes. So it it comes down to again, sort of the best, the lowest price isn't always the best deal, right? Correct. Uh, you know, at, at U.S. News, we like to say that you can never get a good deal unless you're getting a good car, and these winners really reflect that. Well, let's talk about some of the winners. Let's. Um, uh, I, and I have to assume and. and I'm I'm cheating now because I'm starting to starting to look at the list again to refresh myself, but I have to think Hyundai and Kia always do pretty well because of the warranties. Exactly, they do very well, and they did well this year. In fact, this year's awards were dominated by Kia, Hyundai, and Honda. Well, tell us tell us about um, sort of in the category of um, you know there's still people that are going out there buying cars, not SUVs and not minivans and not trucks. Um, how how did uh, how did the sedan department do? So the best compact car and the best midsize car were both won by Hondas uh, with the Civic, the best uh, compact car for the money, the Accord, the best midsize car for the money. And if somebody hasn't driven an Accord since 1978, it feels like a full-size car these days, doesn't it? It does. Uh, You know, I had a 1983 Accord as my first car. Uh, The new 2024 Accord is big, but it's better in every way. Uh, Good handling, good fuel economy, and plenty of room inside, right? Plenty of room inside. It's, It's bigger than the last version of the last generation. Plenty of trunk space, um, adult-friendly back seat, um, just super smooth on the road. Uh, 
And the Civic, you know, the Civic's been a winner, I think, in every category that you want to put it in, whether it's fun to drive or economical to drive. The Civic's just, it's it's always just been a good, solid car, hasn't it? Fantastic car. Um, you know, it competes against the, the venerable Toyota Corolla, and nobody's ever gotten in trouble with their father for buying a Corolla. But the Civic right now is a better car, especially if you uh, have a little bit of a performance uh, bent to your driving. Uh, the Civic is a little sportier than the uh, Corolla. And there's, there's some good competition in there. You mentioned the Corolla, but there's also the Impreza, which adds all-wheel drive, the Mazda 3, which adds a little zoom-zoom to that, and um, the Hyundai Elantra and its, and its uh, Kia stablemate, right? Yeah, the Kia Forte uh, doesn't get recognized, but it's a great little car. And again, has that ten-year, hundred-thousand-mile warranty, and makes it yeah. makes it makes it uh, something fun to look at. And uh, you also put in a hybrid category in there, right? We do. Um, best hybrid car was the car we just mentioned, twenty twenty-four Hyundai Elantra Hybrid. And that I think that's one of those cars that's kind of a, a almost a best-kept secret because I think a lot of people buy the Elantra as. You know, similar to the Civic, they're going out, they're looking for a compact car that gets good gas mileage. It isn't terribly expensive. But when you add the hybrid drivetrain to that car, is there some is there some grant money available or tax advantages to that? Uh, there might be, right? Um, not on the hybrid. Not on the hybrid, um, okay. Yeah, tax incentives generally come on uh, vehicles with a plug. Plug-in, so plug in plug-in, hybrid yeah. electric yep. vehicles and full electric vehicles. Yep. But the Elantra Hybrid, you know, where it wins is it gets similar mileage to a Prius, but in a sedan form with a trunk and uh, a really good price. Yep. And they're always, 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 well, I shouldn't say that because now, now, not, now they won't do it, almost always good incentives on uh, the purchase of the Elantra. And um, kind of off subject here, but um, how how are car inventories these days? How how are you guys seeing it? Are you know there? You know we we went through COVID and semiconductor issues and supply chain issues. Are we starting to see inventory coming back? Inventory has come back in a big way. Um, higher interest rates have slowed the market a little bit. At the same time, as automakers really ramped up their production. So um, unless you're looking for a super popular car, you're going to probably be able to find it on your dealer's lot. Uh, let's let's kind of move on to, you know, every, everybody seems to be buying, you know, for the past, you know, 25 years, I guess, SUVs. And there are SUVs in every size category now from, you know, subcompact to gigantic. Um, what were some of the highlights in that category? Well, let's start at uh, kind of the smaller end of the spectrum with the best subcompact SUV, which, you know, the, the definition of SUV has changed. Uh, 2024 Kia Soul, um, front-wheel drive only, but still considered to be an SUV. The Soul has massive amounts of interior room, easy to buy, easy to manage, easy to handle, um, and that great warranty again. And almost cheap compared to cars today the the soul looks like it continues to be one of those cars that truly falls into the affordable market well you know the price is cheap but the uh interior certainly isn't no and it's it's one of those cars that for somebody looking for a little bit of extra room 
not spending a lot of money. It it is one of the most versatile. I've seen them everything from you know people carrying their family around in them to flower shops using them, delivery services using them. Uh, they become billboards for businesses. It is an extraordinarily popular vehicle. It is, and you know people underestimate this, but it's low f- load floor and back makes it really easy to load and unload compared to a lot of SUVs. Um, so it, it's, it is one of those vehicles that I think can, can work well for a lot of different, uh, lot of different people and sort of, you know, following the, the key and nameplate a little bit. Um, how did everybody's favorite the Telluride do? Of course, the Telluride one, it wins everything. <laughs> so, so it hasn't, it hasn't, um, it hasn't lost off to or lost out to you know the the uh, the other popular vehicles like the Honda Pilot and the Toyota Highlander. It's still it's still out there, uh, um, besting the best, huh? It's it's been out for a few years now, and Kia still can't meet demand for that car. People love the Telluride, and for good reason. Uh, tons of room. I, you know, it has a third row that you can put people. You know, you actually like back there, um, which isn't true of many three-row SUVs. And um, you know, it's, it's again, it's that ten-year warranty, ten-year powertrain warranty yeah. that just isn't matched. Yeah, no, and definitely, definitely a good vehicle. And you know, people still buy minivans. There isn't the choices there used to be. Every manufacturer had at least one, and some had more than one. Um, you know, you kind of look at the minivans today, and you're a little limited in in some of your choices. Um, but the the overall winner in the minivan category was the Odyssey, right? The Honda Odyssey for the fifth time in six six years. Uh, you know, the minivan segment is surprisingly competitive. You have the Kia Carnival with its fantastic warranty. You have the um, Chrysler Pacifica, which comes in a plug-in hybrid version. You have the Sienna, which is available with um, all-wheel drive and is a um, hybrid. But when we look at the numbers, the Odyssey still comes out on top. Yeah, and and uh, all four of those certainly had their strong points. Like you pointed out, the Carnival with its with its great warranty, and it sort of almost doesn't look like a minivan. I, I'm, you know, you. You look at it and you kind of go, "Hmm." Um, the Kia does not want you to call it a minivan. No, it's no, they a do not. Multi-purpose, multi-purpose vehicle. Yeah, it's a minivan. Call it, call it what it it's is. It's a minivan. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the and then and then you mentioned the uh, the Pacifica as a plug-in hybrid uh, really makes it a little bit unique. And you know that's a, a vehicle that's been around in one form or another. Maybe a little different name, but one form or another for a bunch of years. And of course, that Sienna. If you're somebody who uh, lives up here in the Northeast or someplace where it snows a lot, having that extra advantage of all-wheel drive is kind of nice too. So, so I I don't think in that category, although the Odyssey one, I think depending on your needs, any one of those would fit, right? Exactly. Um, and you know, the non-hybrid uh, Pacifica is great because it has the stow-and-go uh, center row, so it's got the most flexible interior in the minivan market. Yeah, it it really does. Although I I found that the uh, the people that use those uh, storage compartments where the seats normally store usually end up filling them with junk, and then they can't fold the seats down afterwards. Yeah, that's yeah. So, so true. <laughs> um, how about how about electric cars? I mean, and, and I guess in the news 
probably where you are and where we are and of course all the stuff you saw at Chicago this week um electric cars are there's still there's still people that want to buy them and they're still sort of the best of the best when it comes to trying to pick one um how how'd that work out so um we have our best electric SUV this year the 2024 Hyundai Ioniq 5 um here's the thing about electric cars we are still in the Model T era of modern electric cars. They are going to get better. The charging is going to get better. We're just taking a pause in sales right now. If they're not, they haven't dropped. They're just flat. But um, we're going to see better and better stuff in that market. And all of these issues you hear today are going to be in our rearview mirror in the next few years. Yeah, I really, I really think that's the case. And and the the idea of you know there was you know some of the headlines you saw you know a bunch of frozen robots and you know charging stations and you know like you pointed out that there was a combination of things and i didn't realize i did a little bit more research and i didn't realize in chicago where a lot of that story originated and i guess i hadn't thought of it so much before is a lot of those cars are rideshare drivers or ride-hailing drivers, and they always charge publicly where most people who drive an EV as their primary or secondary vehicle charge at home. A lot less issues when you're charging at home, and uh, unlike most people with gasoline cars, they start the day with a full tank of electrons, if you will, versus somebody with a gasoline car that maybe on a snowy, cold day may still be going out with a quarter of a tank of gas. Um, exactly. And, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and just to know that, hey, it's cold weather, my car with the 240-mile range might only get 180 miles on this frigidly cold day. And if I have the right EV, when the power goes out at my house, I can reverse that power flow and power my house and be the only one in the neighborhood with lights on. Which is way cheaper than buying a Tesla Powerwall, by the way. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, for people for people on that rare occasion where they actually need to do that, it actually does make a whole lot more sense. And I I really like the Ionic Five. I think that and and the idea that you know that that is pretty similar to the upscale Genesis version, um, but it is uh, it has it has great performance, has good range, it's comfortable to drive, it's it's fun to drive. I I th- think it's you know, again, it's one of those things that, you know, if you looked at car commercials from 30 years ago when the first Hyundai XL came out and everybody just thought of it as a disposable car, uh, the Hyundai vehicles have, and Kia vehicles as well, have really turned into some really superior competitive vehicles with the rest of the market. They really have. They've gotten to, uh, you know, on par or even better than Toyota and Honda in a relatively short amount of time well they're 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 very good at copying stuff what's you know they they, they they do they do a good job of going out there and finding some of the best of the best and saying let's do that too and i think it i think it tends to work out and um you know some of these cars just just work out really well i think uh did we did we miss a hybrid suv in that mix somewhere um, actually, we uh, did talk about uh, compact hybrid and plug-in hybrid SUVs. And oh. again, from the Kia Hyundai family, uh, best compact SUV, 2024 Hyundai Tucson. Um, inexpensive to own, uh, relatively inexpensive to buy, but great warranty again. Mm-hmm. Best hybrid SUV was the Kia Sportage Hybrid, and then its uh, sister vehicle, the 
Kia Sportage plug-in hybrid won in, won in the best uh, plug-in hybrid SUV category. Mm. So um, it's it's sort of interesting that you you know you kind of look at the the Sportage and the Tucson and they're they're very similar to each other but the idea that you separated out the hybrid versus the compact really tells you really that both of those cars are superior vehicles no matter how you look at them. You know the hybrids are great but the the uh, non-hybrids are still less expensive yep. over the life of the vehicle. If you drive a lot, the hybrid will be have, have a lower cost, a low, eh, I'm sorry, a lower total cost. But um, you know, both good values in the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the plug-in hybrid, it, it has enough range that you can drive it all week long on your commute and never burn a drop of gas. And then when you want to make that long term, long trip on the weekend, you know, it switches over and operates like a normal hybrid with great gas mileage, and uh, you don't need to find a charger. So, sort of the best of both worlds when you look at that. You can you can be the you can be the plug-in driver, or you can be the, and and what's nice about the my experience has been with the plug-in hybrids, um, they charge very nicely off just a regular 120 volt outlet. Yeah, definitely you can charge them overnight. Most of yep. them overnight. Yep. A no. few of them have pretty big batteries now, but right. uh, yeah, most of them you can charge on 110. Um, and you know. They're basically electric cars for people who aren't ready to go full electric. No, no, and and it, it lets you experience a little bit of that without uh, without running into you know what could be the hazards of owning an electric car. I guess you know we I've talked to people that have severe range anxiety and they're you know they get down to you know. 60 or 70 miles left of range and they get all panicky and, and I'm like 60 or 70 miles range of range left but you have 20 miles to drive home so you, you have nothing to panic about but they're just not exactly. used to seeing that yeah exactly yeah and and one of my favorite vehicles that I think again falls into that sort of best kept secret is the Honda Passport I really like that vehicle Oh, we for, almost forgot about the Passport. Yeah, the Passport uh, kind of disappears in that market, but um, it uh, it's a great vehicle that, um, you know, its value comes in that to get its features on another vehicle would cost a lot more money. And they've kind of, you know, given it some enhanced features now so it can go further afield than most SUVs when it comes to, you know, muddy roads, forest service roads, bad weather. Um, standard all-wheel drive, um, you know, there isn't much else in the category that can do that for the amount of money. Yeah, it, it really, and it's just, I don't know, it it has a little bit more of that sort of, like you pointed out, it can go a little, a little further, a little, it, it's just a little bit more of that sort of edge to it, I think, that maybe is almost a little non-Honda-ish, but um, it's, it's, I think it's, one of those vehicles that if people are looking for a vehicle they can take hunting, camping, you know, tow a boat or snowmobile or something with it, uh, does it really well, and it does it with Honda dependability. And the other thing about the Passport is if you want a two-row SUV from Honda that can tow, the CRV isn't going to do it for you. So the Passport's a great alternative. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, you, you know, again, U.S. News is one of those... You know, you put together these lists, and and they, you know, you have, you know, everything from best cars for families to best vehicle brands to, you know, best used cars and 
you know, best used SUVs and pretty simple to find them, right? You just go to uh, go to your website and go to the cars section, right? Go to usnews.com. Yep, just go to and usnews.com. Then, yep. Yeah. So I, I, I need to stress that, you know, we don't just have a dartboard in back where we, you know, throw a dart and figure out these winners. Everything we do is based on research. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the dartboard method, you know, sometimes works, but not, not all the time. The best way to do it, you're right, is do, is do research, you know, see what's really out there, see the, you know, let, uh, let's face it, let you guys do the work for the consumer. Exactly. We we want to help you find that right car and not spend too much money for it. Yeah. And uh, and for any car, it really needs to meet your budget. It needs to meet your needs. And at some point, it's got to be something you like. And there's nothing worse than buying a car based on a rep a recommendation maybe it's a neighbor who said oh you have to buy the new camry it's the best car out there and then you you say yeah you know everybody seems to have one then you get it and you're like you know i don't really like it so you know do a little bit of research combine everything together go out and do that you know good thorough road test and just make sure it's going to be the perfect car for you right you just don't want to walk out to your driveway every morning and dread getting into your car absolutely you want to be happy about what you buy uh, well said, and uh, and make sure it just uh, it does everything you want it to do. And, and like you pointed out, nothing worse than making that bad decision and, and living with that for the next few years because you decide that, well, I guess I own it now. I better, better hold on to it. Maybe I'll love it over time, but that doesn't always work out. Nope, it doesn't. All right. Hey, John, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your uh, Sunday morning and joining us on the Car Doctor program. Thank you for having me on. All right. Take care. And have a great rest of your Sunday. Thank you. That was John Vincent. He is the he's the car guru at uh, U.S. Uh, News, and uh, we need to take a break and pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program, and if you want to join us, our phone number is seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. We'll be right back. One stop painting and renovating. Since 1986, One Stop Painting has been true to its name. The one stop you need to make for all your interior and exterior painting needs. That's 1986, 38 years. Some of our customers today weren't even born when we were painting their moms and dads' homes. And painting isn't all we do. Sure, we can freshen up your house and add some new colors and washable finishes to the walls, but we can also do carpentry, such as adding tron molding or wainscoting, wall and plaster repairs, fixed water and smoke damage. We can even help with insurance claims. For nearly four decades, we've taken on all projects, large and small, commercial and residential, and given you the same one-stop attention to detail, no matter the size or price of the job. We are a family-run company responsible for over 30 employees. Your business helps us take care of their families while our employees take care of yours. Help keep them busy throughout the winter by taking advantage of some of our big seasonal discounts. Call us at 508-888-3500 or check us out online at onestoppainting.com. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour, 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. Talk Radio with a South Shore point of view. Hi, I'm Kevin Chachi. Join me tomorrow for Monday Night Talk, where the South Shore comes to talk. Tomorrow night, after the 6 o'clock news here on 95.9. 
WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. I just heard the commercial for Kevin Tachi's show. He, he uh, contacted me this week and said, hey, you're around on Monday to be on Monday Night Talk. We'll have to have to see. We haven't we haven't got a confirmed time yet. So uh, tune in for that. The other thing I stumbled across the other day was there may be a Boston Auto Show coming up. Uh, maybe sometime in April. Um they have some dates on the Boston, uh, the BECE, whatever, Boston Exhibition and whatever that is, you know, convention center thing. Um, they have some dates, uh, no real times. Nobody really knows who's going to be there yet, but it looks like there might be a Boston Auto Show. That's something we haven't seen since pre-COVID. Uh, so kind of nice to see if we actually see one kind of kind of odd too that you know some of the auto shows are not getting huge support from the vehicle manufacturers so be interesting to see what's going to happen with the boston show here whether it is going to be more like a dealer show uh similar to the providence auto show where it's really just supported by the dealers and ford motor company it seems like because of the relationship with uh tasca um but We'll have to wait and see. I mean, the the convention center, the Boston Convention Center, is a great place for a big auto show, with the exception of limited parking. Um, that uh, it has it has such high ceilings that the auto manufacturers can bring some of these really big displays in. So we'll have to see whether that's going to happen. And it doesn't say who's running it either. Where prior to this year. The Boston Auto Show was always run by a group called the Paragon Group, and they did the auto show, the home show, golf show, I don't know, they did a bunch of them, flower show too. And uh, they were located in originally Newton and Needham. I'm not sure, I mean, they still exist, but I didn't see anything on their website about running the show. So kind of interested to see where this is all going to go. I would love to see an auto show back in Boston again. Uh, always always a good time. Always enjoyed going there. And it's one of those places where you can go and you can, you know, check out, you know, you buy you buy one ticket and you can check out a thousand cars. So it, it is kind of nice. Uh, Ford is recalling certain models of its EcoSport small crossover and the Focus Compact um EcoSport, hardly my favorite favorite vehicle. Um, it actually has an oil pump that can fail, and it can cause the engine to stall. Well, probably more than stall. Apparently, the oil pump has a is belt-driven, which just seems weird to me. Uh, but there's an arm that holds the oil pump belt in place that can break or separate, or the belt itself can degrade. It's, this causes a loss of oil pressure and then can cause the engine to seize. Well, that will lose power. There's no question about that. If that happens, the pump uh, that helps with braking can also lose power. So apparently you... you, And I guess... It, I, I don't know what kind of pump it is. To, it, 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 has a, a, it doesn't have a vacuum booster. So, so you're going to lose power and you're going to lose the ability to stop easily. So... Drivers may notice a lack of oil pressure, warning light on the cluster. I would think that's pretty immediate. And then a total lack of power. 
Uh, if the engine fails, expect to hear a loud noise. And this article came from uh, Car Connection, I think. And it says, expect to hear a loud noise, a death rattle from the engine. I used that term, death rattle, the other day for Prius. Uh, because some model Priuses have something referred to a death rattle. Uh, which um, causes some failure. It's like 2012, 2013 Priuses. The recall encompasses about 140,000 vehicles. Uh, including the 2016 to 2018 Ford Focus, 2018 to 2022 Ford EcoSport or EcoSport, depending on how you say it. Uh, both of those vehicles were discontinued um, at some point. Uh, the problem is specific to Ford's turbocharged. It's only the one liter three-cylinder engine and is designed for small cars. Um, it, it was a pretty good little, pretty good little um, engine actually, but um, that design seems just prone to problems. That doesn't sound like a design that was. You know something you say. Oh, that was a that was a good idea. I don't think that was so. Uh, but some, just something to be aware of. Uh, if you want to join us on this cold, cold day, give us a call at seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred, and we'll try to talk with you about some of the things that have come up in your car life. I suppose. Um, some of the questions that came in this week were sort of interesting. And one of the most interesting thing that I'm seeing is what shops are charging for labor rates. When I do a labor estimate, I use sort of an average that I got from um, a variety of different sources. Uh, a lot of them were for uh, from CarMD. They, they did sort of a regional search of um, how much shops are charging for labor. And I'm using an average of about $150 an hour. Uh, some shops are charging less, some are charging more. I just recently uh, reviewed a bill for somebody from a shop in Natick that was charging $200 an hour. Uh, a Buick dealership in Long Island, $265 an hour. Uh, and then I just looked at one the other day. The shop's charging 100 bucks an hour. So, um, and there's still a few out there that are charging like 85 an hour. So I, I'm kind of curious where all these prices are going to go. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, somebody wrote to me and said, I have a 2019 Toyota RAV4. It's got 15,000 miles on it. It was in for its 5,000-mile interval upkeep to a local uh dealership. I've never heard it quite put that way before. Uh, the usual fluids, tire rotation, topping off all the fluids was $119, um, which was a, they used a $10 coupon. After waiting for about two hours, the rep came in and we were told the car warranted a brake fluid change. This eventually boosted the out of the service department price to a grand total of $494, including the aforementioned $119. I'm not a mechanic, and it is presented as a necessity as its brake fluid. I bow to their expertise. Was it really necessary at less than 16,000 miles? Brake fluid is one of those things. It is, um, at AAA, we recommend brake fluid changes every three years. But it's interesting that some vehicle manufacturers recommend them, recommend brake fluid changes, others don't. And I may have this backwards, but Honda recommends brake fluid changes every three or four years, but accurate does not. Uh, 
essentially it's the same brake system. What's the difference? Um, so again, we generally recommend brake fluid changes every three to five years. Um, at AAA, our engineering department has seen brake fluid start to break down, become contaminated after about three years, and that could cause problems with the ABS system. So it sort of makes sense to do it. If five years old, replacing brake fluid is money well spent. The typical cost for brake fluid flush, where you put in new brake fluid and take out old the old brake fluid, so sort of use a brake fluid power bleeding system, and you push brake fluid in through the top of the mass cylinder, it comes out through the bottom, so you're getting out all the dirt contamination throughout the whole system, is somewhere in that 100 to $250 range, depending where you go, again, depending on labor rates. $375 seems ridiculously expensive. And again, labor rates, I'm not sure where this person was from, but labor rates like that, I don't know, how much longer can you sustain that, I guess? Um, somebody wrote to me and said they're thinking about buying a 2024 Honda Civic hatchback, and it doesn't come with satellite radio or a CD player. And the person also put in, I know I'm old. Can I have these put on the car without voiding the warranty or causing any problems with the car? Yeah, it is kind of interesting that um, many vehicle manufacturers are starting to not, you know, there was a time where every vehicle manufacturer jumped on the satellite radio bandwagon. And um, now we're seeing some manufacturers not including satellite radio at all. Um even the latest um, high-tech vehicles, Rivian doesn't have satellite radio. Some Teslas, the new Vietnamese manufacturer, VinFast, has skipped Sirius XM. Um, CD players, even harder to find. Um, probably 2018, 2019 might have been the last time you saw a CD player put in. You can certainly add these things to your vehicle. Uh, you are protected by something called a uh, Magnuson Moss Law, which says that basically if uh, you want to add an accessory to a vehicle and it's installed properly, it can't avoid the manufacturer's warranty. And if it does, the manufacturer needs to provide that thing free of charge. And this comes way, way back in time when people were adding alarm systems to cars and dealers were saying, no, no, if you add that alarm to the car, it's going to avoid the warranty. Um, well, if that's the case, you need to provide that for free. So now, as long as it's installed correctly, you're not cutting harnesses, you're not doing things, you're plugging, unplugging things, plugging new things in, you can do it. Although you might not want to do it this way, but the most economical solution would be all these vehicles have um, Bluetooth and it will work with Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. And some of them are wired in, some of them are wireless, the newer ones are wireless and tend to have a charging pad at the same time. So, you know, if you try to use wireless um, Bluetooth and Apple CarPlay, it will suck up the battery on your iPhone like crazy. Um, but if you have a wireless charging pad in the car, it makes it that much easier. Um, but those systems, if you've never seen them, sort of duplicate what's in your phone. And that way you can subscribe to, you know, Sirius XM if you want to do that. If you want to, if you want to stream... WATD, you can do that. If you want to listen to your music, you know, save it all on your cloud account if you want, or just save it to your phone and you can listen to it that way. Um, 
probably that's what vehicle manufacturers are going to. Um, and by the way, if you're thinking about subscribing to satellite, don't take the first price, by the way. Um, you know, they might say, oh, it's twenty nine ninety five. Just say, no, nah, I don't think I'm interested. Well, then it's fifteen ninety five. Then it's ten ninety five. Then it's three ninety five. Um, we have satellite radio in the oldest car that we own. And one of the reasons I did it was um, the AM FM radio didn't work. And it didn't work because I suspected the antenna was bad. And I pulled the radio out and tried it, and the radio seemed to work okay uh, when I hooked it up to an antenna, but it didn't want to work in the car, so I, again, suspected the antenna. Didn't know if it was, it's a windshield-mounted antenna, so I didn't know where the problem was. So I called um, Sirius XM and said, um, can you just turn the radio on to see if it works? You know, you have you have a 90-day free thing or something. And by the time I got done, and they had to do a lot of work to get it to work because it's an older car, and they finally did whatever they did, and the satellite radio worked the way it was supposed to. So that told me the radio itself was solid, but it was the antenna for the AM-FM that was bad. Um, I think I ended up paying $50 a year for the subscription service. Pretty cheap. So, you know, don't take that, you know, if you're thinking about going to that, don't do that. It's, there's, there's, you know, uh, there's cheaper ways to get the service if you want to get it just by saying no a bunch of times. Uh, uh, got a sorry, email. Have, I was going to say we have uh, Rusty on the line. We do. In well, let's talk, let's, let's talk to Rusty then. And, and did you send me a message that I ignored? Yeah, about uh, two hours ago. Ah, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, let's talk to Rusty. Rusty, what's up? Hey, John Paul, before I get to my point, thank you for taking my call as always. The last uh, show that I went to at the South Boston Convention Center was the right before COVID hit. It was 2018, Martin Luther King Day, and that was just one of the biggest car shows I've ever seen at yeah, the convention it, center. It, yeah, that was it, wild. Yeah, it really was, and, and at the same time they had um, – they had the RV thing going on on the weekend, right? Yeah, at the same time. Yep, they had yeah. the uh, one side, and that was on the second floor. The, the um, car show was on the third floor. It was huge, and the RVs, you could it was wild. If you had enough cash, you could have bought a car and bought the RV to haul it home with. It was wild. Yeah, it, it was. And and I got I to tell you, I miss the auto shows. And I, I haven't the been. World of Wheels. Yeah. The World of Wheels was always like Martin Luther King Day. It was wild. And those, you get to meet a bunch of like people you never get a chance to. I was, I was a NASCAR fan at the time, and they had some cool NASCAR drivers up. Yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed the World of Wheels. And, and as weird as it sounds, and the car show, and the regular auto show, when it was at the old South Boston. Yeah, Bayside. Yeah, because I would talk my wife into going to either one of those shows and said no no mm -hmm. we got to go to the auto show we got to and then we mm -hmm. would go over to venezia the uh right. the restaurant there overlooking the water and you know yeah. spend too much money for dinner and but it was right. but it was but it was always that she's like are we going to go to venezia and i'm like yeah yeah we'll go to venezia and yeah. you know whether it was the you know like you said you know meeting some of the nascar drivers uh re meeting some of the cool designers that used to design mm -hmm. some of the right. you know some of the some of the hot rods and uh the scariest guy i met was the uh the 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 person who was like the kid from the monsters there mm -hmm. um he had some chopper motorcycle that was built for him and he just looked like oh life hasn't been good to him 
but he was but he was but he was on but he was on on the you know on the circuit and you know out mm-hmm. you know out doing that stuff uh yeah i think it was eddie munster whoever played oh, whoever nice. played that character but just the idea you got to meet him was was kind of cool too and you know seeing some seeing some of those cars and yeah i always enjoyed the world of wheels and when it got moved to the the seaport seaport is that where it got right. moved to yeah. yeah i it wasn't the same and right. um but after a while, you started to see some of the the cars that were on the circuit, and you got to meet some of the people again and ask them what they did. It was it was always it was always a good time to go, and I I do miss all of that. And I haven't been, you know, even um, the New York Auto Show was not great. Um, the Detroit Auto Show it looked like, it, you know, from what I saw, especially the press preview. Um, looked pretty deserted. They didn't get a lot of turnout there. So it'd be nice to start to see some of the auto shows coming back. I think that would be great. Oh, nice, nice. So I was just calling to tell you my update with Toyota with the paint for my 2022 Toyota Corolla. All right. I was officially I was shot down for arbitration on Friday, and I was disappointed. Then Toyota called me saying, well, we've arranged for you to go to the dealership where you bought the vehicle. Good old acting Toyota in yep. two weeks. To have pictures taken, but I, I'm just wondering. I bought the car though with thirty two thousand miles on it. Wouldn't that have an extended warranty for me to say, like, have an extra twelve thousand to start from the day I bought the car? Hmm. Because you know, you think if you buy it, it's like you're going to go over thirty six thousand. You know, you're going to yeah. put that on. But it's like, where's my protection? Because it, the strange thing is, is that when I called Toyota, they even told me it's like, well, before before you bought the car, the car was painted. In certain areas, I'm like, well, they didn't tell me that when I bought oh. the car. Oh, they should have told you that. They didn't tell me that. All they uh. told me is they put new brakes and tires on it. But then when I uh. called Toyota and pressed them a little bit, they said, no, the car was painted in certain areas. I go, no one told me that. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, did they have an obligation to tell you that? Probably not. But on the other hand. If it didn't show up in like any kind of Carfax or something like that, how did they know it was painted? Was that in some of the manufacturers? Well, when I filed the, when yeah. I filed the when I filed the case with Toyota, they came back and told me that the car like they they put the vehicle the VIN number yep. inside the system, and that's what was that's what it came up with. Yeah. Now I wonder who painted it though. They, you know, they was said that, well the dealership did. So what I'm thinking is that it's a third party authorized vendor of um, Acton Toyota because when I called them, when they called me to set up the time to take the pictures in yeah. two weeks, they told me that if anything's fine, they, they have an authorized third party that handles their jobs. Hmm. Okay. So I guess the question is, was it painted because of, um, you know, it sat in, you know, Stop and Shop's parking lot and got some dings in it right. or was it painted or was it painted because there was a paint issue from the factory from day one right. and but the other part yeah. that blows is that they still like they, they looked they said well my car i because i brought the car to a body shop because i didn't know how like get an estimate because i didn't know right. what, what was covered or not covered they said well the car also had hail damage on the roof but that you know there's nothing i could do about that because i bought it like that i'm like well nothing you can do about that there either so yeah, the 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 hail damage on the roof. I guess that is visual enough where you saw it and you'd go, "Oh yeah, yeah." Well, I didn't know what it was until yeah, I brought yeah. it to a body shop right, and they told right. me. So. Yeah, and hail damage everywhere. Yeah, I I would. Yeah, I would. The questions I would ask the dealer would be: mm-hmm. 
Why did it get painted? Right. Was it was it painted because the consumer had an issue? You know, did they? You right. know, did right. you know, did did they own a dog that jumped on the car or whatever the case is? Uh, or, 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 right. or, or was it painted because it had environmental damage? Did it get painted because it was on a you know on a rail car and right. the sparks from the rail you know the the train tracks right. kicked up and melted the paint did it get painted because right. the paint was actually defective um right and if the paint if it got repainted because the paint was defective or the paint was damaged in delivery i think they're responsible to put that car back in good condition um, right, but it just it seems like I'm going nowhere. I'm getting shot yeah. down everywhere. Yeah. So well, I, I mean, the good it. the good thing is, you know, the dealer's going to look at it, and part of it part of it still comes down to did the dealer have some responsibility, or was it buyer beware? Um, I think the dealer had some responsibility to say that um, just to let you know that you know there has been a little bit of body damage, body work done to this car. But you know, and that was the sixth car I bought from them in a row. So yeah. it's, you know, I wish they had. And just, I'm just upset because you know the touch-up paint doesn't look so good. It looks like it just right. took white liquid paper on it, and it's just. Yeah. But I got that email saying that you know that's not going to be. Right. I just emailed back yeah. so thanks for wasting my time. Yeah, um, I would, you know, the other the other thing is, uh, and I have seen, you know, some of the paintless dent removal people, the people who could do things like fix the hail damage, um, right. do some amazing touch-up work mm-hmm. uh, where, um, you know, for, you know, years back I worked in a, a work isn't the right word, since I was going to say worked at another radio station, but was at another radio station. I, I don't think this is work, and I don't get paid for it, so I guess it's not work. Um, no. But the um, – and I would watch literally a team show up at this dealership next door to the mm-hmm. radio station that would set up a tent, like a, a big mm-hmm. easy up, and right. they would do all kinds of touch-up work to some of the used cars that came in, in mm-hmm. like literally outside under an easy up. And I went over and checked out the work afterwards – it was amazingly good. And, you know, I don't know how permanent it was. And, you know, but they were over there with things that looked like um, uh, those little tiny spray guns they used to do, um, to, to do uh, you know, detail work on cars. Um, you know, mm-hmm. spraying an ounce of paint at a time kind of thing. And, right. um, and they would do this touch-up, and it would come out really, really good. So, um, you know, maybe, you know... You know, maybe they can come up with a solution that will make you happy and still they're able to do something in some sort of warranty way to be able to take care of it. But I don't think I'd take no for an answer. I think what I'd say is, hey, I'm look, lying. I'm upset yeah, because I, yeah. I bought this in October. Yep. Yeah, and just said, oh, hey, look, you know, I, I bought this in October. Uh, you withheld some information about the vehicle. Um, I right. think you have a responsibility to me, the consumer, uh to work I mean, with me to get this. Off of them. I yeah, mean, six yeah. cars off of No, no, I would, I would, I would, I would push them and see what can happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, unfortunately, unfortunately, I can tell you it's no longer owned by local ownership. They're right. owned out of a company in Philly, so. Yeah, but still, still, I would, I would still push them, and, and, and maybe that might in one way be better. Maybe they have, you know, bigger budget to satisfy stuff. I don't, I don't know, but I, I would, I would push them and keep going to see how you do. 
I plan on it. Thank okay. you. Okay. All right. Call me back in a couple of weeks. Let me know how you did. I will. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, up to you, uh, executive producer, Mike and Bridgewater, or take a break? Uh, let's go to break first. Okay. Why don't we take a quick break? Mike, stay right there. We'll be with you in just a minute. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. We'll be right back. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour, 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. The South Shore YMCA is proud to announce live performances at Lars Center for the Arts in Hanover. On Saturday, February 10th, experience the best of the Beatles live with the cast of Beatlemania, bringing you back to when the Fab Four ruled the world of rock and roll, featuring nearly 30 classic Beatles hits performed by former members of the Broadway production. The cast of Beatlemania has wowed audiences around the globe. Visit ssymca.org slash live shows for tickets, showtimes, and details. And don't miss other live performances coming to the South Shore Y. Lawrence Center for the Arts this spring, including Andy Cooney's Irish Celebration on Saturday, March 9th, and The Magic of Motown on Saturday, April 13th. The South Shore YMCA Laura's Center for the Arts comes alive with these dynamic performances. Tickets are limited, so visit ssymca.org slash live shows to buy tickets now. Don't miss it. The South Shore YMCA. The better you belongs here. You let that mountain reach high. You let that river run wild. Hi, this is Jeff Neely. And this is Joe Clapp. And I'm Stephen Davis. We're Humble Roots. Tune into Twilight Showcase Radio. Hosted by Sandy Stride and Keith James. On 95.9 WATD and 95.9 WATD.com. And of course, visit twilightshowcase.org. Twilight Showcase, tonight from 8 to 10 on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the car doctor program. Let's talk to uh, Mike. Mike, good morning. Morning, John. You're staying warm? Uh, (laughs) Define warm, John. (laughs) Well, you know, even where I am in the sunshine state right now, it's it was forty degrees when I got up this morning. Uh, okay. Yeah. Which so which I've got a I've got yeah. a cousin who lives here. When she talks about that, I go, and what are you talking about? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I my um our C our CEO of AAA sends out every couple of weeks sends out a little note about you know where things are and how things are going and and I I, I responded back to him and I don't know if any of the three thousand employees ever really emailed this guy but I emailed him back and he said I hope you're in warm Florida and I said well it was forty this morning when I got up and he said way better than the sixteen where I am so um, yeah yeah so everything's relative you know. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. reason I'm calling, I was really happy to hear about the possible resurrection of a Boston auto show. Um, but I, you mentioned the Providence auto show. Have you been recently, or no? I haven't. You... I, I haven't been since, and I haven't been since to anywhere. I guess since pre-COVID. Um, you know the, you know, right before 
COVID happened the year before, you know, the auto shows were going going great. And then all of a sudden, you know, between, you know, semiconductors and supply chain and and then vehicle manufacturers, you know, limiting their budgets, you know, the idea that even um you know, Chrysler wasn't at things. You know, was we were starting to see BMW and Mercedes and Audi not being at some of the shows because um, they just didn't support it corporately. Um, but in some of the smaller shows, the dealers, the local dealers would step in and bring some cars in to put on display. But, um, you know, the real, the real to me, the the auto shows, when the vehicle manufacturers are there and they have actual you know gm employees or ford employees or toyota employees that are there you know they have seems to me a lot of times more of the knowledge that you know when i one of the questions i want answers to so um no i haven't been i haven't been anywhere for a while yeah you know it's i went to providence this is years ago obviously pre-covid and all that and i it the venue itself isn't as I know, conducive to be able yeah. to get around. You know, you've got to go different floors. And as you said, a lot of the manufacturers weren't there at the time. I don't know whether it was just the size of the venue and they they can't. But, you know, at least before, with the Boston one, you could drive the cars and yeah. and there was a lot of, you know, activity that way. And um, if it is in April, it might be a better time of the year, John, you know, having it in January presents its own problems for right. for people that yeah. kind of thing but that would be a really cool thing if it happened yeah although although the 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 um the january when they first started the january one on uh martin luther king weekend um you know i was thinking that you know it's it's only a five-day show where the old show was like 10 days and they had they at least the people that ran the show claimed they had more foot traffic on that weekend than they did over the 10 days of having it over over that longer time. So it actually did pretty on that, you know, on that January cold snowy January weekend, they actually did really well. Um but I would I would like I think spring is a great time for the show. That's when, you know, the New York Auto Show used to be in the springtime, uh which some people would consider it the 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 last show of the season because the cars are kind of at the tail end at that point. But still uh, you know the shows I've been to, whether it was New York, which I always I always enjoyed going to, um, the L.A. show, which I, I didn't like quite as much, but it was still good. Detroit, I really am sorry I missed the heyday of Detroit, where you know cars would fall from the ceiling and you know really elaborate previews of stuff. But still, the Detroit Auto Show when I started going back to it again. Uh, was was a good show to go to, um, but yeah, then there's the smaller shows. You know, there was there was an auto show in Worcester, the Providence Show. Um, the New Hampshire Auto Dealers Association would support oh. a little show up there. Um, and the smaller shows, they're okay too. But the idea of the the Boston Convention Center, the big beautiful building, and having yes. a, having an auto show, I, I like. I'm I'm really hoping it's a, a success or at least enough of a success where the next year is going to be better and the year after that is even going to be better than that. So, sure. Well, John, you know, you could always spearhead one of those write-in campaigns or or a GoFundMe page so they can afford <laughs> to do it. So, there we go. Anyway. There we go. Hey, Mike, thank, right. as always, thanks for calling in and stay warm. Appreciate it, John. You too. Have All a right. good one. Ciao. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.
Um, one more quick question before we go, because we're almost out of time. Um, somebody wrote to me and said they have a 2022 Toyota RAV4, and the seat broke. It wouldn't move anymore. They took it to the dealer. The dealer said there's a foreign object jammed under the seat. It looked like a washer because uh, they sent me a picture of it. The dealer said, sorry, it's not a warranty issue because it's not the fault of the car. It's a fault of something getting jammed under there. And they were going to have to pay $2,300 to replace the bottom part of the seat. Um, the dealer say it's not under warranty. You know, to me, it looked like the piece may have come from the seat. And to take... Uh, Mike from Hingham's advice, write an actual letter to the highest ranking person at Toyota that you can and say, hey, look, this is nonsense. This should be covered under warranty. See, see what happens. There you go. Hey, that music means we need to go. Uh, until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. And if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.